The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. In tonight's podcast, I have not one, but two Liverpool fans. And uh, Jake Carlson, coming from Atlanta, Georgia. And Gabe Campus, coming from Stillwater, Oklahoma. Gabe, how's it going, man? Going pretty good, Calvin. Glad to be on with y'all. I'm glad, glad to have you, man. Glad to have you on the first one of hopefully many here. Uh, Jake, how's it going with you? Um, good. I just ate. Nice. <laughs> nice. You know what? Eating around like 8 o'clock at night, you know, hanging out at home. I understand. So I wanted to ask you guys um, some about the um, basically all like the soccer leagues or so in Europe canceling and, you know, moving stuff around, all type of things due to coronavirus and COVID-19, everything. What, what what are some things we should know? Like, what are some things that, like as a just a passerby, a guy who might watch the UEFA Cup every so often or, you know, definitely watch the World Cup, you know, when that happens, that type of stuff. But you know, I mean, the Olympics too, but, but like, what are some things I should know that like, this is affected? Like I know how the NBA season, the NFL season, the MLB season, all type of stuff has been except, um, no, um, changed, but what are some things I should know? Yeah. So basically the one thing that, that comes to mind just with all of this, you know, no matter if it's soccer, basketball, baseball, um, is, the, the, the money financial standpoint to it um, is definitely there's some things that, you know, a lot of teams, you know, specifically with European soccer that are that are having to either make pay cuts or um, there's a lot of money at stake with with, with these cancellations. And um, as a fan, that doesn't necessarily affect us a whole lot, you know, in being miles away from them. But it's still, uh, it's just something that is tough to tough to see. You know, it's people's livelihoods getting affected by this, and um, and I definitely think you know, at the looking at the standpoint of games in the European soccer season, a lot of these leagues are getting pushed back. And you know, Jake and I, have, as Liverpool supporters, we we're kind of we've had a good know, year. We're anxious to see them <laughs> hopefully finish this off and. And from that standpoint, I think it's it's been tough, right, Jake? Yeah, I think uh, Italy, I believe, was the first one to cancel. Uh, am I correct? I think among like all um, sports, even around the world, I think they were like one of the first ones to just be like, "Nope, we're we're done with this." Um, and so, yeah, I think I think it hits the fans like. I think that hits them the most and, and the players too. Cause like European soccer is, is like American sports on steroids. So it yeah. seems it's like, it's like the fans are, you know, they're all like Alabama fans. They live and breathe the game. Yeah. They're, they're lunatics. Yeah. Like literally they, they take it super seriously to the point that they're killing each other and fighting in the streets. And, yeah. <clears throat> which we're not we're not going to call anybody out because I, I actually root for both of those teams. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, when it gets to that point, like, you see, like, people getting bar fights here in America. But, like, over there, people are dying. Like, Roma, I'm, I'm a Roma fan, and, you know, it's tough to say because they have some of one of the most, like, violent fan bases. But, like, Roma and Lazio, like, there have been multiple deaths like every year. You know, it's like of spectators. You're saying, yeah, of spectators, and it it's almost like if if Staples Center, I guess, were in like Compton or something like that. Because I mean, it's play, not that far, but I yeah, because they play in the same stadium. Yeah, and and they like. That's probably the biggest rivalry. That could objectively be the biggest rivalry in the world. Yeah, and it's pretty. It's pretty intense. Rome, in general, is a pretty rough place in this year, twenty twenty. Not just including the coronavirus, and so yeah, you get when people are putting their identity in it, it can become pretty, pretty, pretty intense. 
Well, I mean, you're saying you're saying the biggest rivalry in Italy. I mean, what? I mean, I how many fans are that diehard fans outside of Italy of like Roma and the other teams? It's probably it's one of the bigger ones in Italy. There's also okay. Inter Milan and Juventus. Yeah, a couple of the but, rivalry, but but from like a, a physicality standpoint, like a yes. violence standpoint, it's definitely the worst. Right. Yes. Definitely. Like the severity, but like I think. I, it's just tough, like with with European soccer. So, like we we got the uh, the Euros moved. Um, so those were supposed to start in June, I believe. Yeah, end of June. So, yeah, end of June. So they were qualifying, you know, like <clears throat> this whole past year for the Euros, and then they they're getting moved to next summer. And it it almost like it seems like they're opening up a pathway for the rest of the leagues to be finished this year, which, you know, like, Calvin, does that seem like a good idea to you? Like, if you're in Europe and you see the climate in Europe and you know the climate of soccer in Europe, does it seem like a good idea to finish out the seasons over the summer already having pushed, like, an international competition? I mean, what other options do you have, right? Yeah, other than just, like, canceling the whole season, I guess. Yeah, I mean the the key thing from this is that we, you, you know, I I I I'm clearly not an expert on this. I don't think you guys are going to mistake me for one. But when it comes to like all the health stuff, I'm clearly no expert. I am not trying to comment any physical capacity. Besides the fact of we don't know, like I don't know when, like I don't know when that we're going to be all be good. I don't know if April thirteenth is going to come around, we're all going to be okay, and you know that's whenever the governor's ban lifts in Michigan for you know, non-essential personnel to go back to work and travel and all type of stuff. But I don't, I don't think we have a good idea of like when, right? So how do you, how do you figure out, oh yeah, June 1st is the, you know, like we're all good then or, or whatever, right? We're just, we're just still waiting to see how everything plays out, right? Yeah. But it's, it's gotta be tough, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, another issue that you run into is like the players staying healthy and fit and ready to go, and you don't want to run them back out there, and just a ton of injuries happen, and they could get again infected with this illness, and there's just Which, a lot of especially like like international travel, like some of these, like the other competition that's pretty big is the Champions League, which is you know just club teams, not international like countries but they're traveling from england to spain or italy to spain and it's that's pretty dangerous when you don't know how the virus is being transmitted and so or like if it's going to actually be dead by june or july or whenever yeah and and i especially in italy like you've had some high profile players like probably i don't know would you say Dybala, would you say Dybala is the second biggest player in Italy? Yeah, Dybala is definitely up there and tested positive for it. So, which I guess is comparable to like Kevin Durant, right? But but Kevin Durant hadn't played all year. Like if he were playing, I think it'd probably be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But it but it's almost like that. Like obviously you have Ronaldo in Italy. But then you probably have Dybala. Yeah. And he tested positive, and they've had like numerous players in Italy test positive, numerous players in Spain test positive. Um, yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's not looking good over there. And I don't know what, it's like Calvin said, like, I don't know what option they have, even just from like, if we just, like zero in on the Premier League, like what option do they have? Right. I mean, there's there's got to be a. Hang on a second, guys. We've got you know, we we got to take a take a step back or something. I I don't know what like the best option's going to be. I mean, do you do you, so like with NBA stuff, right? And college basketball and college baseball, and whatever. Like, what happens mm-hmm. to these college baseball and softball players? that this was their senior year, do you automatically just grant them an extra year of eligibility and they come back, but all of a sudden you've got guys who 
we're going to leave anyways, go. And then, you know, you just got a mixed bag of it all, right? You could have some, I, I would think it extends to all sports. You could just have some like really interesting developments, right? You're going to have contracts end at some point, you know, like, um, like for right. example, like, um, like MLB, you know, NFL, NBA a little bit as well. Like, Free agency is going to start July, I think it starts July 1st for NBA always or close to then. Yeah. If you're still playing playoff games, there's you, you got to move. You got to move when free agency would start, right? Anthony Davis can't, he's he's scheduled to come become a free agent this offseason. I think he'll resign no matter what, but he's probably like one of the bigger names out there who will become a free agent this offseason. Everyone assumes he'll resign with the Lakers. I'm not saying anything different, but he can't be a free agent during the middle of the playoffs. You know, you got to redo it. Well, and yeah, like I think about um, like Steph Curry comes to mind, like players that have basically gotten drafted in the first round because of how well they played in the tournament. And it's like, we're just straight up not having it this year. So you have players that could be losing, you know, potentially millions of dollars because they're not playing in the tournament. Yeah, it's less. It's less exposure and less opportunities to yeah, to get, for scouts to see them, and it's a lot of question marks. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think Calvin's point of like the contract is, you know, because like there could be um, basketball coaches, like NCAA basketball coaches, whose contract is up, maybe, maybe they had like a decent year this year but had like really crappy years in the year before, but they were going to like win their conference tournament. I don't know. I think of like smaller schools, like what, so what happens then is your potential just kind of thrown out the window. Like that could potentially just derail your entire career as a coach. Well, like what happens for people who have contract guarantees within their contract does as far as, you know, if you make it to the final four, you get, you know, this bonus as a coach and yeah. all type of stuff too. You know, we're in a really odd space with this of, hey, it just happens. And it comes back to my point of I'm sitting in, um, I'm sitting in, you know, Maui, Hawaii, um, with my cousin and we're just chatting about, you know, her work and other works and all type of stuff. And she's getting on to like all these NFL and college and NBA teams or whatever. And she's like, they weren't quick enough. They didn't say it quick enough. They didn't come out quick enough with what they were going to do. They have, you know, X amount of, they should know. They should have known this was going to happen. It's like, well, let's take a step back. There's all this other stuff that we're talking about right now. Excuse me, contracts, you know, player agents, you know, players who are declaring for drafts, players who are not, players who, you know what, like, let's, let's say you're Isaac Likely, right? And you have one of the best plays of OSU season. That's how you end. That's how you could have ended your career for OSU. It's to drive back down to, you know, be um, what I think it was. K State's time expired. Am I saying that right? Iowa State. Iowa State. Thank you. So Iowa State's time expires, and then all of a sudden you get some good Skype interviews. You feel like it's going well, and you're going to go for the draft. Or do you go? Well, you know what. Never, you know, no one's going to have a real good look at me physically, at least, because we can't be in person, and then you decide to come back. And, like, how does that play into your career? And you just got all this type of stuff. That That's just one example that I'm just picking out of, you know, picking a needle out of a haystack. There's, excuse me, got to be hundreds of other examples like this, if not thousands, of teams just going, okay, well, just, just give us, like, a week or two to figure it out, you know? Now we're in... Well, I think tomorrow is going to be our second week since the NBA suspended the season. And, you know, still a lot of stuff's up there in the air of how it's going to figure out. Yeah. Kind of going back to your your point on Isaac, it's not the exact same situation, but I was talking with uh, Cowgirl or Oklahoma State softball coach Kenny Gajewski the other day and just the idea of players getting an extra year of eligibility and, and how – that's going to work, especially again, financially, like taking on more scholarship players, you know, those kids in high school are going to graduate, right? Like they're not. Yeah. They're not staying back. Yeah. Right. They're coming to college. And, but if you're, how are you going to handle that as far as expanded rosters and, you know, what are, what are some of the 
seniors and grad transfers and whatnot, what are they going to do? And he said it sounded like they're probably going to have another year of eligibility for these spring sports. But, you know, again, with likely, like how, yeah, it's just life has just gotten super difficult and a lot of questions for, for someone like him and, and, yeah, thousands of others. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I there is no doubt in my mind that I think that they should have an extra year of eligibility if they want it. Um, <clears throat> I think it helps out like some of the baseball players that um, maybe could have gone to the draft either way, but maybe they decided to go to college for two years or something like that. Um, right, right. But, and like, that's fine. They'll probably still go to the draft just like they would have after the year. But I don't know how many like seniors OSU has, but I I don't necessarily think we had anybody that was gonna go in the top ten rounds. I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Drafting in baseball is a whole nother animal. Um, but like I don't, there's no reason to me why you wouldn't allow them to come back for another year of eligibility for the spring sports. Unless there's some there's there's a scholarship issue, right? I mean these these players aren't yeah. getting paid, but they are getting like stipends, all type of stuff. They're getting per diem when you travel. They're all those types of things, and you're getting like guaranteed X amount of scholarships per team to use per year. And if all of a sudden you have to decide between, hey, you know what? I know you're are you know I know let's say I was let's say Iowa State for example has six seniors, and Oklahoma State only has three. Well, then does Oklahoma State only get three and they can't go get another grad transfer who got, you know what I mean? And like you just keep playing that out. It just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Uh, if Iowa State gets yeah. seven or six to cover every one of theirs or Oklahoma State gets six because they had two, lack for a better word, but you know, like guys who were like on the team, but like, you know, would have been like me if I had gotten a chance to be on the team or whatever, you know, like, you know. Great job seeing up on the bench, Calvin and Clapping, you know, and high five nervous they come down. But like, you know, they were, you know, you were like a partial scholarship, right? You weren't a full scholar, you weren't a full ride guy. Um, you know, and you're, you know, getting some minutes here and there, but what do you do with those guys who graduate too? Do you have that stuff type of stuff open and then you get grad transfers and all type of stuff? I just I just think it gets such a such a weird thing. It sounds so easy to just go, yep, just give them an extra year, you're all good. But then what if you give a guy at, oh, I don't know, KU an extra year, right? And then he decides he wants to transfer and go to Kentucky to get, you know, more national television or whatever. It just gets, you know, gets gets weirder and weirder the more we start playing, trying to play this out, I think. Yeah, and I think, I think it primarily just applies to the seniors, right? right? Like, I don't think I'm sitting here like, oh, you're a freshman and you lost out on your first year of eligibility. Tough. You know, like, I I don't know what to tell you. That just sucks. But if you're a senior, especially, like, I think of, like, baseball, softball, and then some of those other smaller sports. Um, actually, softball's in the fall, isn't it? Softball's no, in the spring. Softball's Soft in the spring? High school. Baseball. baseball. Um, and so, like, I think more about those sports than, like, basketball. You know, because I'm like, they're they're missing. I, mean, I think OSU maybe played 15 games or so, and they probably they had what 30 more left. Yeah, 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 you probably. Know, like that that's kind of like you're missing two thirds of your year. So that I like <clears throat> to me if. This is this would be my solution, I guess. It's like so. If you're a senior, you can choose whether or not to stay. I'm going to assume that not every but not every single senior would be staying. And then <clears throat> the freshman coming in, basically, I mean, you're just going to have to add on those number of scholarships because if you pull a scholarship, then you're just a terrible person. Like the to me, the money will work itself out especially like OSU, they have yeah. plenty of money. Like they're not, they're not hard earned for cash. I know there's some of the other schools that are, but just, well, 
Yeah, we'll like we'll just use our example as OSU. Like I'm, I'm assuming not all the seniors will stay, and then you know if they do, you kind of compensate that and you make the freshman redshirt. Like I think that's really the only option that you have. You make the fresh. You make all the freshman redshirt. No, you you pick the freshman that you want a redshirt. Basically, like how it is normally. Yeah, but you would just be redshirting more kids, right? Because you're not losing that senior class. Yeah, so you give the option to redshirt more if you want to. Yeah, basically. And I and I mean I'm not but, saying we're going to come up with like a whole. Yeah, we're not going to fix it, you know. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it all it all of a sudden starts getting tough. I would guess is my best way of saying it, right? Like, it gets it gets tough to try to figure this out at the end of the day. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. Is there? I mean, is there? What what other stuff is out there? Like, like how is Liverpool season going right now? Like, are they are they set up to just? You know, like if the season ends today, are they automatically winning the whole thing? Is it kind of an empty thing? Can they not do that? Is there a team that gets relegated that all of a sudden shouldn't have? Or, you know, I mean, what what happens? Yeah, I think that's where it's it's a tough question, again, because there's like millions of dollars on the line here, for, especially for the teams that might get relegated because of the TV contracts. And, yeah, and... You know, it begs the question, like, if you're going to – some people have said, oh, we should just void the whole season. It should be over, you know. And, and I think they're from that standpoint, like, the teams that are in the league now, they stay up, right? They don't get relegated. Um, but it's also, like, why would we go ahead and start another season, you know, down the road without finishing this one, you know, when we're so close and – um, because it's kind of like Liverpool's at a point, right, where they, you know, they're up in like game four. They're up three zero in a in a in a series, and they're like five minutes away from from winning by like twenty. They're up twenty yeah. points. They're five minutes away from winning. It's like, yeah. why would you? You wouldn't call the game, right? Like the whole world's like in a virus now. You wouldn't end that game and not give that team a chance to finish out their championship, and so. That's where I sit, and I'm biased. Jake and I are biased, but it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, I, I think the hard part that I think about is especially is if you cancel the season, like I'm, I'm, I'm subtracting Liverpool out of the conversation, um, but if you cancel the season so you've got your bottom three teams in your, in your Premier League that'll get relegated, which, I mean, that sucks. So, like, as it stands right now, you've got Bournemouth, Aston Villa, Norwich. Um, <clears throat> are Bournemouth 18, Villa 19, Norwich 20. Now, <clears throat> this is the problem. Is Watford and West Ham both also have 27 points tied with Bournemouth. So there's three teams that all have 27 points in the Premier League right now. So, and they're only ahead by goal differential. So, are you telling me that that's so we're just going to call it and those get they get relegated and you call it a day? No, you know, like that's that's the issue. And then, like, you can go look at the championship, which I think actually matters more. Like, I think the championship probably matters more, would be a reason to not relegate it purely just because. Like those teams fought to be in the place that they were in. So you've got Leeds and West Brom looking to get promoted, but then you've got Fulham that are like six points behind West Brom, which is, as we know in soccer, like that's easy that they could easily come back from that. They could easily go up to second or even first in the championship. You got third through sixth. They have a like a two leg playoff to see who's gonna yeah get that third spot and, and so and so it's like i think that's where you get into like yeah you can't cancel the season for some of these teams like because when you look at 
like there some of the teams that are actually in the top six this year for the championship are teams that like you don't see very often in in the Premier League. Like you've got Preston, Nottingham Forest, Brentford. Like none yeah. of those teams are usually in the uh, in the champ in the Premier League, and so I think that's where it gets like a little tricky. Is like, yeah, you can cancel the Premier League, sure, but are you going to cancel the Championship and you're going to prevent these teams from being promoted? Yeah. Like, you take Liverpool out of the equation, you know, take Champions League out of the equation. But I think when once you get into people, um. Once you get into teams like not being able to get promoted, I think that's when a bigger issue comes about. Yeah, and I think most of the, from what I've heard with the league, they want to just delay it, right? What we've talked about to like June or July, and I think what makes the most sense, if need be, you know, with all these other leagues, like the NBA, is just shorten the season next year and just finish this one out as late as you need to, and and shorten the next the next season because it's kind of just it sounds like what's what's necessary and i know again there's money involved with that too but yeah. players, especially in the nba the players are already rallying for less games <laughs> yeah seriously like, it's like a dream come true <laughs> yeah yeah but, but do they get paid less well, right you know, like, like there's just so. I mean, I hate being devil's advocate, but I, I mean, I guess I kind of enjoy it. But you know, it's, it's, it's like, what, what do you do? Like, what do all of a sudden, like, um, for an offices? Is I mean, everyone makes less money if there's less games. You know, what do you do? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think you just make less money. <laughs> you know, like you get you get paid for the days you work in any job, right? And if you want less games, then you get less money. But the issue is, like you said, I think it hurts the people, um, especially that just like work for the organizations. I think it hurts them the most because they don't even really have a say in this. Yeah. Like if you if you think about like the NHL shortening their season, like they're probably one of the most underpaid leagues, I would say, when it comes to like staff wise. And you think about like a lot of those people could potentially be losing, you know, $10,000 a year just from their season being shortened. Yeah. Well, this gets into the wider discussion of the economy in general. And, you know, I don't think any of us are well equipped to, to get really into that, but it's just the idea that everyone's going to be making less likely and, and I think it's tough, and I think that's just part of the reality. Um, and I think like a lot of this is going to come down to people rallying together and, and negotiating and being fair about it and understanding where, you know, how to be generous. And especially with the owners, you know, it's again we like to say, oh, they have millions, billions of dollars, but they do, and this is, this is going to show like the integrity of our system and show like how skewed up it has been for a long time. Yeah, I got you. Well, um, let's, let's, let's go ahead and talk about something not as, um, high, le- high level, um, high level is what I guess I'll say. Um, and, and ask you guys about some other stuff. So Cam Newton is now a free agent. James Winston, free agent. Javion Clowney, also free agent. All three of those guys have one thing in common. Top number one overall draft picks. Where would you like to see um, Newton, Winston, and then Clowney go play? I would... I think (laughs) Jameis in New England would be like a dumpster fire. (laughs) Like, <laughs> that just sounds, like, fantastic to me. Um, just, especially in Boston, you know, like, there were rumbles this year about Boston fans complaining 
and about Tom Brady, you know, he has no arm strength. And it's like, all right, how about this? We'll give you a black quarterback, Boston. Let's do that. I mean, I, Cam Newton might even be like even better, a step up to have play in New England. Like to me, that would be just an absolute pinnacle of this whole sports thing. It's like when you you thought the world was ending, then just wait till the Patriots get either Jameis Winston or Cam Newton. <laughs> wait, wait until Cam Newton signs with the Patriots, and then three days later, Jameis Winston also signs with the Patriots, and then you have a two quarterback system with Cam Newton playing a hybrid tight end slash quarterback role, and Jameis Winston playing a wide receiver slash quarterback role, and both those guys getting paid five million dollars per year for the next three years, and Belichick looking at everyone going. Yeah, I'm paying two quarterbacks less than Tom's getting paid for one year. Like, and let's then, let's figure then, it out. And, that, and then he finesses somebody for like three first round picks. And then he also goes, oh, you know what? Jadavion Clowney would probably be a solid guy. Let's go ahead and get him for one year, five mil as well. Just go ahead and throw on all of the first rounders. I've never I'll, had, I'll, I've never had those. You know, I'll give you three dollars, Jadavion Clowney. <laughs> I, I think of like the Patrick meme, you know, the Patrick yeah. meme where he's like, I have $3. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like that's what Bill Belichick would do to Jadavion Clowney. So you're saying you have a guy who's injury prone and is looking for a discount. Oh, you're saying you have a guy who hasn't played in the right system yet. Oh, you're saying you have a guy who just hasn't found the right fit yet. Introducing the introducing the New England Patriots on a discount. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, I feel like Cam Newton could go play for the Patriots for like three seasons and then could be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL after his three years since over at like age 35. You know, I mean, I just feel like anything's possible with Bill Belichick. He could also have the absolute worst season ever and be cut from football. You know, shout out to Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown. But it's possible, well, right? My, my question was, so if you're Washington... Yeah. Why would you trade for Kyle Allen and not Cam Newton? Is the price just that much higher, do you think? What, Kyle Allen's like a fourth or fifth round draft pick on got to be still on the rookie salary. And he's just got to be, he's got to be, I mean, Kyle Allen also super low risk, right? Super, yeah, super he low was, risk. He was actually playing. Well, well yeah. Kyle Allen you know. over Cam Newton, right? Because Cam Newton missed yeah. all last season. I mean, yeah, like yeah. super low risk, <clears throat> high reward. And Ron Rivera knows the guy too. So what's a what's a better way to go? Yeah, you know what? We'll we'll go in and bring a guy in here who could compete for the starting role with Dwayne Haskins, but is also a great backup if needed. You know, what's yeah. no, no downside? You bring in Cam Newton. You've got every single NFL media do calling in to ask if he's going to start Week One. Yeah, him, him and Dwayne Haskins can go fight for the starting role and see who can throw worse five-yard passes. <laughs> I, I just got to think the Bears are really going, ah, you're telling me we could have just gone and signed Cam Newton or Jameis Winston to have a quarterback battle with Mitchell Trubisky? And so he traded for Nick Foles? Man, come on. Like, I think the Bears are like, yeah, this is, this is not the greatest idea we had. Yeah, right? isn't Nick Foles also making like a ton of money. Just like last time I looked it up, it was an amount of money where I went, Nick Foles? What? Nick Foles? But yeah, they're yeah, the, the Jaguars are paying him a ton of money and then he got traded to the Bears. Go figure. Maybe the Jaguars are still paying some of the contract. I don't know how the whole thing worked out. But I mean, I do want to ask you guys, what do you feel about the Washington football team? Do are they gonna are they, are they gonna be the team to uh Take on a, a Cam Newton and James Winston, or, or Dwayne Haskins going to be the starter there for the next like two years, plus maybe, maybe plus. We'll see. You, you go first on this one, Gabe, just because I'm intrigued. The Washington Football Club. <laughs> Washington Football Club. Um, I don't know. Are we ruling out? Isn't Kyle Allen? I mean, he's kind of he's, he's on the table, I guess. Okay, so so do you take? I'll, I'll say it this way. I'll, I'll phrase my question a little bit. Would you rather, uh, you know, for $500, do you take Dwayne Haskins, Carl Allen, or the field, right? Which which are the three? Oh, the field. God. <laughs> I'm asking Gabe first. Come on. I, 
I think Dwayne's got. He is. A, he should get another chance to prove himself. He's. He's. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not super. Like I don't care about the the Washington team as much as Jake does. So I guess I have a neutral view, but. I think yeah, you're at like ten percent, and I'm at like twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think I don't know. It's it's weird having a new coach and just everything that goes with that. So I'm not sure. I don't know, Calvin. What do you think? I'm I'm uh. I'm taking I'm taking the field because I think at the end of the day, Ron Rivera is going to want his own dude in there, et cetera, et cetera. And you're going to hear that NFL storyline played out forever. And Kyle Allen's just a backup, and he's going to want someone else besides Haskins. Like, I think that's at the end of the day going to be the storyline, everything we hear, and what moves the needle more is Rivera getting his own guy. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take a, a bag of chips if that's in the field. <laughs> I don't know if a bag of chips can throw a ball or get or take selfies with fans during the last snap of a game. But a, a bag of chips can throw interceptions. Okay, what you're saying? So it's, it's doing about as much as the 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 Washington quarterbacks already. Fair I, enough. I just hope I just want Alex Smith to come back. That's it. You feel like Alex Smith's going to be the savior for the Washington football team? There is no such thing as a savior. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, who's going to be the, the guy? The only the only savior for the for Washington is the Grim Reaper at this point. <laughs> I think it's for that's an. All, that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, you could say the same thing about the Chargers. I I think the savior is going to be. A name, a name change, and an owner change. I think those are going to be the two saviors. Well, that that's what I meant by the Grim Reaper. Well, yeah, fair enough. Daniel Snyder, what a guy. Yeah, what a guy. Great guy. Um, but, yeah, I think I the whole Dwayne Haskins thing just boggles my mind because the fact that Jay Gruden didn't even want him. And he was the head coach. And then Ron Rivera comes in and he really doesn't want him. So he goes out and trades a late draft pick for his backup quarterback in Carolina. That's how much he doesn't want him. That just kind of tells me, like, yeah, he might not be that good. Or maybe the Redskins are just really bad, which they are really bad. But... I don't I it, in no way shape or form do I think Dwayne Haskins puts them over the edge. I as as you both know I watch college football religiously. And yeah, you can tell me that he threw all these touchdowns or scored all these touchdowns in the Big 10. I don't care. Like it there was nothing ab- about him that impressed me. Stephen A. Smith called him a mobile quarterback, and he's about as mobile as I am. So, I don't know. I I just didn't think anybody wanted him in the first place. Like, I don't think the Giants would have taken him over Daniel Jones because they didn't. Yeah, but that's, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah, and, and I don't even think, like, I don't think Daniel Jones is bad. I don't think he's good. But I don't think he's as bad as Dwayne Haskins is. Well, Gabe, let me ask you. You're I mean, you're the resident Giants fan. How do you feel about Danny Dimes? Uh, I definitely think he was a step up from Eli. Just, you know, given all of the, I don't know, the circus somewhat around starting Eli and then not starting him. And and so I think at this point, it's good to give him a chance. And I think if Saquon's playing well, like they're not terrible, but yeah, he's going to, he's going to have to do a little more in the next couple of seasons to, I mean, just definitely please, you know, the New York football culture is, uh, is definitely one of the toughest, toughest cities uh, to play in, so it's the jury's still out. I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that. 
Okay. But you, I mean, you feel good about the future with him at the helm? Yeah, I, okay. Yeah, I think I think the defense is what really needs to be improved if we're talking the Giants because it was definitely a little struggle last year. But, yeah. Gotcha. Well, okay, so I, I want to go back to this, though. Like, where do I actually want Cam Newton, James Winston, and Javon Clowney to go? I mean, I'd like for them, yes, to all three go and play as a triple-headed monster for New England and just see chaos. But I'm also a rational person and understand that, that probably won't happen. And going to go with, I'd love to see Cam Newton go play for the Chargers. Um, Chris Berman used to say it. Do you guys know um, this this crazy thing about Cam Newton? Um, in 2015, he threw for 35 touchdowns, ran for 10, and his team went 15 and one and made the Super Bowl. Do you know their Do you know their wide receivers were the year Cam Newton went went to the Super Bowl and he was fully healthy? Was it us three? Devin Funches, <laughs> Ted Ginn, and Corey Philly Brown were their two uh, starting receivers. So. Nice. Ted Ginn Greg Jr. Olson. I've heard of before, but he had Greg Olson though, right? Greg Olson. Okay. Fair enough. Jonathan Stewart. Who's better, Hunter Henry or Greg Olson in 2015? Greg Olson. Olson. Greg Olson. Okay. Who's better, Greg Mike Olson. Williams or Ted Ted Ginn? Oh my gosh. Mike Williams. <laughs> you Mike Williams. One Who's better? One of them has hands and one of them doesn't. Who's better, yeah. Keenan Allen or Ted Ginn and Corey Philly Brown? No, Keenan's Keenan's probably better. We'll, we'll go Keenan. <laughs> what about you, you? You left out Fozzie Whitaker. I'm just Bob. saying, dude, Cam Newton should be signed by the Chargers. Like, was why not? not on that team, though? No. no. 2015, no. That was like Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, that's when they were running read option a lot. The elite running backs. Who's better, Jonathan Williams or Austin Eckler? Jonathan Stewart or Austin Eckler? Yeah, sorry. Uh, they both play completely different, so it's hard to say. Yeah, that's but, but, like, in the day, like, kind of a toss-up. I'll probably say Eckler. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Stewart, Stewart put up like 250 yards on Washington after they drafted three defensive linemen in the first round. Solid. Good choice by the uh, Washington <laughs> Football Club. I I just don't know. Okay, so why would the Chargers uh, – Gabe, I got to ask you. Why would the Chargers not sign Cam Newton in your mind? I I don't know. I, I think – like. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a good fit. I think Tyrod is probably not the guy, you know, to get you over Ty, the top. Ty, Tyrod is like an Alex Smith, right? Yeah. I think, which isn't bad. Not bad. No. Like, I don't think anybody thinks that Tyrod Taylor is a bad quarterback. No. Contrary yeah. to popular belief. But who's also to say that if Tyrod Taylor had started for the Tennessee Titans and taken over for Marcus Mariota, he also could have gotten paid this offseason. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, Ryan Tannehill is pretty good, but I also think that Tyrod Taylor, like, could have been in that role. And I'm not trying to bring Tannehill down. I'm just trying to bring Taylor up a little bit, right? Like, yeah. Taylor can be good, but it's good in that kind of a role, right? He's not – he's going to need a really, really good defense around him, all type of stuff, but – I'm gonna go try to win some games. Back. What's the what? I mean, what's really the price on Cam Newton, right? What's really the price to go get Cam Newton? Well, so let let's go ahead and uh, propose Alexi's trade situation to Gabe because I'm curious what he thinks about it. Let's go. So Alexi on the previous podcast that we did on Sunday night proposed trading for Deshaun Watson. <clears throat> And we all went through a poll about how many picks we thought it would take to get Deshaun Watson. So I guess, Gabe, what we're asking you is how many picks, as the Chargers fan, would you be willing to give up for Deshaun Watson? Of this year's draft. Of this year's draft. Of this year's draft? Yeah. Oh. Um... I think maybe a couple. I don't even know. I don't know if you would do a first rounder like right now, like this he, late in the process for it. For he him. is a free. He is a free agent, so it's tough. You would have yeah. to. So if you're guaranteed that he signs, 
let's say you're guaranteed that he well, signs. Next well, but year. the real the real was Deshaun Watson, right? Yeah. So we're we're saying if you if you could have Deshaun Watson, no matter what, on your team next year, the Chargers, and you didn't have to resign him. How many first rounders from how many excuse me how many picks from this year's draft do you do you trade for the Chargers? I mean, I think maybe two, like the first and second rounder. Uh, for no I matter think, for no matter what, at least a year of Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I don't think you would do that. Actually, I don't know. I I just the value of picks versus versus a like one player is. I still lean picks. I want to. I want to hold on to those just because you can. I don't know. You don't necessarily know how he's going to translate over to a new system. Right so away. the issue is, is that I see a lot in a lot of the mock drafts, the Chargers are drafting a quarterback. So I think the better question. So Deshaun Watson's twenty four. He's our age. Yeah. Um, the better question is, would you rather give up one of these quarterbacks in the draft for Deshaun Watson? Okay, yeah, definitely I would want Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yes. And so I think that's why you give up the sixth pick, even though it's like you could not draft a quarterback. But we're all going to assume that the Chargers are probably going to draft a quarterback if they keep that number six pick. Like that number six pick will probably be, could end up being Tua or Herbert. I, I mean, if you're the Chargers and you're like, yeah, we turned down a trade for Deshaun Watson to draft Justin Herbert. Like, you might as well put your head through a glass window at this point. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Is he on the table? Is that, like, something that... Well, we we talked about this because Alexi kind of, like, had... This was, like, his hot take. Yeah. And Deshaun Watson's been being a little weird on, on uh, social media. And after that uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade, we know that they like making terrible trades. So we were curious how many picks we all said three. We all said the first three, the first three picks of the chargers. Then I said the whole entire draft. Yeah. And, and Calvin made the point. It's like, (laughs) well, he made a good point because he said, essentially you're trading one year of a draft for your franchise quarterback. If he re-signs, which to me, there's no reason why he wouldn't resign um, with Anthony Lynn, who seems like a player's coach in Los Angeles. Um, but you're also trading one year, one year for Watson for one year of the draft, right? Do you want to be – I mean, is, is Justin Herbert going to get you over the hump in the next four years? It's just hard to tell. Is Tua, is you know, Joe Burrow, are any of these guys in this year's draft going to get you over the hump in the next – like? three or four years before they're um you know before they have to re-sign for a much bigger contract if they're worth it right i I think if you have burrow you don't trade it like i think burrow's like so so i think so i think the Bengals are in a very interesting spot you know the Bengals are the number one overall draft pick that's a guy who's literally from ohio like there's just never been a more of a slam dunk you have to draft this guy but let's right, say, yeah. well, let's say you're the Chargers. You got the number one overall draft pick, right? Would you trade the number one overall draft pick and your second and third rounder for Deshaun Watson to be your quarterback for the next ten years? You know, because because in essence, that's what you're saying. And yeah. and I'm on the opposite spectrum. I go, I'll take what's proven and what I know has worked. And I I know the dude may need some better targets, may need some more time in the pocket, or just a better defense overall. And I'm taking that, you know, I'm taking, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and get Watson for 10 years versus going, yeah, I'll take I'll take the first round draft pick that I know I got to pay the same. I'm going to pay Watson no matter what in like three or four years, whenever he's really, really good. And I also know that, yeah, it might not work out. Like, you know who Watson is. I just value that a lot more than anything else. Bro's hands could be too small to play in the cold weather in Cincinnati or some crazy thing. You know what I mean? Like, like there's just, there's just other yeah. possibilities but, of but it. Josh I know Allen who Watson has, is. Josh Allen has the big hands to play in Buffalo. Right. Oh <laughs> yeah. 110% there. But you know what I mean? Like I'm just taking over. 
I, I'm a guy who's I'm going to take the proven commodity and value it much higher than the possibility in the unproven commodity. You know, yeah. that's just that's just how I value it. Well, I think that's fair. I I especially do that in like the NBA. You know, like I'd rather because the NBA is so hit or miss. Um, and like we're comparing apples to oranges at this point because you could draft Marshall Markel Fultz with the number one pick and then Jason Tatum with the number two pick. You know, and then like what do you what are you left with at that point? Then you just screwed yourself because you just traded for the number one pick, and and so it like it could be a situation like that where you'd rather just have the proven player. Yeah. Yeah. But our, our our question was the question that we posed is like if you're the Chargers, why wouldn't you trade for Deshaun Watson? I don't know. Again, it's like the picks, they always they're so valuable. You just want to hold on to them. And and I get like, yes, the proven commodity. Um But you've seen, like, because we've seen, like, players, like, get traded for a bag of chips. And it's like, okay, well, was that worth that? Like, is he worth more than that? You know, such a risk. Yeah, the, I don't know. That was the hard part for me was, like, the, the pick thing is tough because, so if you're the Chargers, hypothetically, like what do you draft with your other picks? Like what are, I, I'm asking you because I don't know. Like what what did the Chargers need? Is it on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean I think you rely on Eckler as his running back. Um, yeah, which I think is fine. Like yeah, Calvin heard my spiel the other day about paying running backs. Yeah. I think the defense is. I think the offensive line is because Philip Rivers just didn't have any time, like literally none in his last. And obviously, he made some horrible plays too. But it's Philip Rivers. <laughs> I think the offensive line is, is definitely a, something that could be improved. But I don't know. Again, like it just seems the past few drafts that there hasn't been outstanding linemen out there. Yeah, and it doesn't really seem like there's a lot in this one. And so I guess that's why I'm like, because you don't need receivers, so I guess you're just you're drafting for the defensive side of the ball. Now, if you're Houston and you get that number six pick, you probably draft a quarterback, and, oh, my God, they need a receiver so bad. It's not even funny. Um, Deshaun Watson's going to be out there. Throwing to Will Fuller and Kenny Stills. Oh, that's yeah, right. He's going to be thrown to like an intramural team the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I feel bad for him because like you, I think he's the best receiver in the league. Some people think Julio. It's hard for me to disagree with them. But at this point, I'm like, gosh, Houston, like, what are you guys doing? Do they even yeah. have a first-round pick this year? Uh, maybe they trade it with Miami. I don't know. But it's just... Um, it, I mean... I'll, I guess I'll say it this way. Like, If I'm the Chargers, and I have the possibility of doing this, I just don't know why you would not do... Not sign an offensive tackle or guard in the draft at number six and go sign... Cam Newton for three years. Like, like, okay, you know what? Cam Newton does work out. You got Tyrod Taylor and a good O-line, good offense, good defense. Figure it out. You know, like, I just feel as though there should be a certain, yeah, you're going to play Pat Mahomes twice, but now there's three wild card spots supposed to two. Like, just, you know, as far as the playoff receding. Just, I, I don't know. Like, just why not do that scenario? Why not go and sign the best free agent quarterback you can for, you know, we know these guys aren't, demanding a lot of money because the teams couldn't even trade them away so you know go go take the low the low value high risk guys and figure it out right yeah 
I, I think, I mean, I going back to what your, your point on Cam, I think he would be, like, he's got, <laughs> he hasn't had weapons. I think the Chargers have really great weapons. Absolutely. The, like, that's just, you know, that's the one thing I'm like, yes, it's reliable. Same. Uh, it's the only comparable part between Tom Brady and Cam Newton is that neither of them have had weapons. Right. Except Tom Brady, their system has made peanuts make like look at <laughs> fine dining. Yeah. 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 Oh, all right. Well, also I got so I got to ask you guys a couple more questions here as regards to everything that we got going on, right? Did Tom Brady decide that he wanted to play in a stadium with a um Gosh, a pirate ship over a stadium with a lightning bolt. And did that did that really change his output? He went, eh, I'm not finding lightning bolts, but I'll do the pirate ship for sure. I mean, again, I'm not an expert, but, like, just watching the Chargers, like, their line just kills me. Like, I think for Tom Brady, like, you got to – I don't know the, the Bucks. Like, I don't know what their, what their line or – you know, even the players around him look like, but that has Re- got to be receiver-wise, they're good. Yeah, so I think you know it's easier that way. I thought maybe he would have a house in LA that he would probably you know get to spend some time in, but <laughs> I think it just makes more sense going to not the Chargers. <laughs> no kidding. Well, all right. So, Gabe, I'll I'll ask you here because I've asked I've asked Jake before. Do you think Phil Rivers will have a better season next year than Tom Brady? Like, we'll get farther in the playoffs than Tom Brady? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. I I would say, I would say yes. I think again, looking at the the divisions too, like Tampa Bay, you got New Orleans, you got. Atlanta, Carolina. Well, okay, that's that's a little. <laughs> I don't know. I think, but then like the, the the Colts have Houston, Tennessee's looking looking pretty good. Jacksonville again, like not not too pretty, but I don't know. I I, I think Phil Rivers in a new new place. Yeah, he's a little younger than Tom, so maybe maybe he can reset it a bit and find some something else in Indy. Maybe all he's looking for all along was just an offensive line. He never needed the receivers. He just needed the O-line. Hey, yeah, that could be it. What did Jake, Jake, what did you say to that? Um, I said Tampa Bay just because, like, the Falcons are a crapshoot on whether or not they're ever actually good. Right. Um. The Panthers, I don't know. You know, he Teddy Bridgewater might also be throwing to an intramural team. Um, and then the Saints, like they're they're competable, I guess. Like you said, I don't know. The only thing I really know about Tampa Bay is that they have really good receivers. Um, but like line wise, defensively. I think they're pretty good defensively. Um, like line wise, I don't know how they are. I'm assuming they're better than the Chargers. So I, that that's why I said the Patriots. Um, the weird thing is Philip Rivers is going to have to play kind of like Tom Brady style in Indianapolis because their defense is so loaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I think they're. I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty. I don't think one team's going to be way better than the other if we look at it at the end of the season. But yeah, yeah, I I agree. So yeah, well, it'll be it'll be interesting when the NBA season. Excuse me, when the NFL season. Oh my gosh, I'm losing it when the NFL season comes around. Um, because at least I I hope that doesn't have to be rescheduled. That's kind of my 
it's my goal right now. It's called football and the NFL should not need to be rescheduled, but we'll see. You know, yeah. we'll see. Who knows? Um, well, Gabe, thanks so much for joining the latest edition of the CJ Tour podcast on your first guest, your guest appearance. And, um, Jake, thanks so much for joining again here with uh, only one podcast in between. So, great having you guys. Of course. I appreciate it. Thanks, Calvin. All right. Well, hey, if you're still listening, please go follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Could use more followers there, and I'll make sure to follow you back. As always, like and subscribe, and thanks so much again for joining, guys. Talk to you soon. Great.